Hey y'all, how does a divorced DJ go from a J-O-B he didn't love to helping others build a brand they absolutely adore? We're gonna talk about that story right now. Hey y'all, what's happening? Robert Kennedy III, RK3, that's me. Welcome to another episode of the What's My Story podcast, how I got from there to here. You know the deal, the show where we talk about pivotal moments in people's lives that really shaped and transformed how they operate now and the success that they have achieved. If you are somebody who is not sure how your business is leading you and you're not clear on what your next steps are, maybe you're encountering something that you feel is keeping you back. This show is the show where we talk about all of those different challenges and we show you through the lives of other people how you can navigate your own stuff to get to the success that you were meant to have. So let's jump in and talk about that a little bit. But before we get to our guest for the day today, I want you to do me a favor. Come on, go right here. Do me a favor, text me 410. 936-4049. If you are interested in figuring out, hey, how can I be on the show? Or if you've got something that you want to say, if you just want to know when we're going live, go ahead and go to 410-936-4049 and you'll be a part of our list where we can kind of where we can share that information with you. I also want to ask you to join me for the Magnify Your Message experience. Oh yeah. The Magnify Your Message experience is a workshop that super coaches Aurora Gregory, Shannon Bussey, myself, we put this together. It's going to be on November 10th. And it is a workshop that is designed to help you discover your story, figure out how to develop your pitch and deliver your message on your own stage. So join us for the what's the magnify your message experience that will be happening on November 10th. You want to find out a little bit more about it. Go to magnifyyourmessage.live to grab your seat for today. All right. So we're going to jump into this thing. Oh my goodness. I almost forgot before we jump into it on Thursdays, every Thursday, let's just say that you happen to be, you want to watch this, this episode. I hope you're not watching it while you're driving because that wouldn't be safe. <laughs> right? So we want to make sure that you grab the audio version of this podcast and it's released every Thursday at 7 a.m. Or you could just go to what's my story podcast dot live to get the audio versions of all of the episodes of not only today's guest, but all the phenomenal, fabulous guests that we've had for prior episodes. So let's jump in today. My guest today is Leon Street. That's right. Street with an E. And he is a former DJ, a web development expert a serial entrepreneur, an award-winning podcast host, and an Amazon best-selling author. My man, I want to welcome you to the show. Leon Street, what's happening, Thank sir? I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. RK3, I love it. So let's rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's do this. I, I, I want to I wanna have people see. You've got a background there with some stuff that I want mm -hmm. people to see right away. More leads, more clients. What's that about? Yeah. Tell us a little bit so about that. That really was the cool. book. Yeah, that was the book that you mentioned. 
Um, I published this book in 2018, and it's a book to help coaches and consultants, online business owners to become the go-to person in their niche. And yeah. it shows you the 10 steps of how to do that. Love it. Love it. So let, let's let's take a step back here, man. You know, I, I, I'm a person that I love. I see what people do now, but I also know that there is a story behind that. I know that there is a journey yeah. to get to the place where they are now. So what's your story, man? We, we, we introduced you as a DJ. We introduced you as yeah. a web development. You had a web development company that didn't know that we had that in common. Um, you, you, you've done several things. You've done several things. But what would you yeah. say is the moment that is stuck in your memory as the time where you're, you're kind of like, you know what, I need to shift or I need to persevere. I need to get some grit. I need to do something different if I'm going to make the difference mm -hmm. in the lives of others that I want. What was that moment for you? Yeah. Uh, I think you mentioned it a moment ago about the job. And uh, I can take you a little bit just before the job kind of thing, how the DJ part started. So in 94, uh, I decided I wanted to become a DJ. Uh, off the back of heavy influences of um, reggae, which is what my father was into, and you know his parents were from Jamaica, and so I grew up in pretty much a sound system household. Mm -hmm. um, and I got into DJing in 1994 when I was 14, so my 80s baby. And I started uh, DJing drum and bass and jungle, which is like kind of dance music infused with reggae. And, you know, we know it as drum and bass today, but back then it was just like, it was growing. And I just really loved the heavy bass line and the fast beats. And in, in 95, I really wanted for more people to hear my craft. And so I applied to get onto a pirate radio station back then. And, you know, and that was obviously before your licenses were legal, you could get onto radio. And so in my hometown of Wolverhampton in the UK, I landed uh, a slot on this pirate radio station at 15 years old. And so I had my own two hour show and it kind of just grew from there. I just fell in love more and more with the music. And by the time I was 17, I decided I'd set up my website. And, you know, this is 1997. I thought, you know what? I'll put my mixes on there, MP3s. And just out of curiosity and creativity, within three days, I had a website. I had my mixes on there. And people could just download them. And it was a way for me to fast track above everybody else because everybody else was sending out mixtapes, mix CDs. And I had my own website as djmystify.com. Wow. So it, it kind of, it just grew. And then I was sending out promos to record labels, um, promotional events, you know, so I could DJ at them. I was only 17. And people started asking me, you know, about the websites and so on. And that became more popular than me getting paid as a DJ. So I was like, okay, let's roll with this because I'm getting cash, you know, and cash in the hand is great. And so yeah. fast forward to 2004, um, I'd finished my degree at my local university and I landed a job at the university, but in the department where they have funding for small businesses across the region where we're based. And um, that includes probably cities like Birmingham, which are a bit more popular known. Mm -hmm. And um, off the back of that, I fast-tracked my way through this job into managing 12 different developers and admin on um, European-funded projects, basically big money. And so I found myself in this position where I'm managing all these people. And I just got to the point where I realized, like, there's, there's no way for me to grow into the creativity that I have, and I know there's something more for me. And so you asked about what's the pivotal moment. It was that moment there where I realized I'd done everything that I really could do in this job, 
And the only way to get to the next level was basically to take over my bosses in the department. And that wasn't going to happen anytime soon. And I just started to fall in love more and more with the business that I had as a side hustle. And I was like, this is it. Yeah. I'm going for it. And I remember at the time, my then wife was like, you know, don't do it. People around me, colleagues at work were like, don't do it. Keep the job and just keep it a side hustle. And I, and I just knew I just, every time somebody said, don't do it, I felt like the walls were closing in more and more. And that was it. So let's dig into that a little bit more. I want to step back for a second because you said something yeah. that was, I, I don't want to blow by it. And, and I, I want people to get this because you're talking about 1997. Yeah. You decide mm. that you're going to put this website up. Now, a lot of people yeah. might not think that that's a big deal. It may, they may say, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, everybody puts website. I can go to Wix or Squarespace and put up a website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The internet was only about four years old at the time. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, the internet yeah, yeah. really was launched for public release right around 93, right? And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. um, so now you're in this space where you say, oh, my gosh, I recognize that I could do things a little bit differently. And in some senses, I mean, MySpace wasn't even around yet, right? <laughs> yeah, correct. Not even <laughs> right? Facebook. Yeah, 2004. Right. <laughs> right, right. So in some senses, you're ahead of the game at this point. Yeah. You, so, I mean, mm. at 17 in 1997, how did you know that you could take advantage of this really new medium to grow a business? So it's, it's interesting, actually, because at the time um, I'm getting exposed to a lot of music software because of being a DJ. And, uh, you know, I was probably producing for about 18 months now making music. And when you're in those circles, you get you come across a lot of software, and you know back then that getting pirated software was the way you got software as a young kid in the '90s. And so I'm like 16, 17, right? And yeah. some of the music software that I want to get my hands on that costs thousands of dollars, like there's just no way for me to get to that. Like I'm just not earning the kind of money. And you know, I'm, my my father passed away when I was 11, so my mom's a single mother, and she's not earning mega bucks, not even you know by any stretch of the imagination. And so I get the software and I'm like, ah, there's this software on here that does websites. And it was literally just like that. You know, I was just checking the CD out, seeing the software. And I thought, let me see what this thing can do. And I thought, you know, I'll come back to it. And then in 97, it was just like, that was the time. I went back to it three days later, had a website, had some mixes on there. And I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. What was that like? But Microsoft I, I was, front page? Exactly. And I, I, so I started with front page. Exactly. And I had Dreamweaver sitting in the background and that was probably six months later. Wow. Yeah. That was back in the day no. when Macromedia still owned exactly. like Dreamweaver and Fireworks. And my God, I'm, I'm like aging myself, dating myself here, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Good deal. So, so you say, okay, so you go from this website, you start to recognize yeah. that there's business opportunity here because people are asking yeah, you yeah. more about the website than, um, than anything else, the but DJ. then yeah. you, then, then DJing, but then later on, skip fast forward a few years, you have people in your space that are telling yeah. you, listen, don't go out on your own. Don't do this thing. Correct. Don't give up the, the certain 100% check. Exactly. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. Um, what is it inside of you at this point that so, causes you? Like, Go ahead. Uh, it's a great question, you know. Uh, yeah. So, like back then, I'm like 29, 
my son is two years old, so my first mm -hmm. child, and I can't shift. I, I just can't shift this this thing, you know. And, and you you may know the similar feeling, Robert, but I just can't shake this thing. And it's like I've got to do this thing, and it, it, it doesn't make logical sense to anybody who wants job security or income security. But to me, it was kind of like ah. Like I'd had this side hustle business, it would bring in an extra like $15,000 a year. Like that was cool, paid for extra things, you know, $15,000 goes a long way when you're kind of living in that paycheck, you know, lifestyle and, and everything was cool. But there was just more, I knew there was more and the, and the more I kind of started to explore, um, I started to come across things like business networking. I, like, I'm like 28 at the time and, and right. that was blowing my mind, I was like, wow. I just hadn't been exposed to some of these things. And then by the time I'm 29, I, I already have an employee in my business whilst I'm working in my paid job for the, the University of Wolverhampton. And I'm like, okay, I have a team. <laughs> and it just it just started to grow and grow, Robert. And it was just literally, everybody said, was kind of saying no to me, but I knew inside my inner voice was like, you got to go for this, Leon. Yeah. So... You, like many business owners, like myself, you start this business and things are going well for a little bit, but then you have a fail, maybe even a spectacular fail. Let's talk about that and let's talk about what yeah. you did. Yeah, let's talk about that. But first, before you do that, let's, let's hear a word from our sponsor for today. Hey, do you need time to focus on the income generating activities that grow your business? If so, My Office Professionals is the only agency you should consider. As an Optimum Business Support Agency, we provide virtual administrative support, online group coaching, technology training, graphic design and web design services through our vendor partnerships. We also help you build relationships using send-out cards, and we offer smart, simple legal coverage through Legal Shield. Contact My Office Professionals today and start growing your business tomorrow. Visit www.myofficeprofessionals.com. All right. Listen, Teresa Robertson and the company or the team at My Office Professionals are fantastic. If you are a small business owner and you want to grow your business, you want to make sure that you don't appear like somebody who's doing everything themselves and, and like a small, small business. You want to grow a team. And so get some arms that are outside of yourself. Get an additional group of people that are going to be able to help you move your business forward, grow your business. Contact my office professionals at myofficeprofessionals.com. All right. So let's jump back into this story here with, with uh, Leon. So you start a business, you know, and you're doing this business right along with your full-time job. And then you get to the space where you say, I'm going to move out on my own and not just have this sole proprietorship, as we call it here, but I'm going to move yeah. into the limited liability space. I'm going to, I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to have an official business, right? I'm, I'm going to have a grown up business. And so you do that and the business fails. What happens that causes it to fail? So what I realized, I've got three employees by this time. And mm -hmm. I'm employing based on the jobs I want to get rid of, yeah, so I can free myself up. But the more the more that we go deeper into this, I realize that there's there's less resources going into sales and marketing. And I'm that person. But I'm also yeah. coming back to the office after sales meeting, firefighting where the team 
uh, are not really picking up. And then one of the team is also helping a little bit with sales and marketing, but they're not really trained up for, for that. They're kind of, you know, they've, they've shadowed me a little, but then yeah. they don't really get it to the, le- to the depth that I do. And so in the end, we've landed some great clients and I'm, I'm generating on a monthly basis in the region of about twenty-two to $25,000 a month. But then what happens is as I'm firefighting and in the old web design agency days, your payments are linked to you delivering milestones on projects and we're yep. missing milestones. So I can't invoice even though I've got contracts that I know the future income is there. And then <clears throat> we're on the tail, tail end of the 2008 credit crunch and 2009 going into 2010, we have a couple of clients who then go out of business owing us money. Wow. And so leading up to that, I'm taking risks with credit cards, overdrafts in the business to kind of manage the cash cash gaps. And so when these clients go, the cash gap is just too big for me to stretch to. And, you know, that was the point where I realized like, okay, there there is a problem here. And you got to bear in mind, I have a business <laughs> coach at the time. And, yeah. and again, this is also another lesson I picked up that we can touch on a, a later. But the, the key thing for me, and as I reflect back and look at it, the biggest mistake that I made is that I thought I had it locked in when it comes to sales and marketing, and I didn't. Mm. Yeah, wow. I, I didn't have a consistent um, system that generated leads and gave me clients every week or every month, and that was my mistake. And I couldn't have known it at the time because it's not like I went in through any formal education to understand how to run a business. Like I knew how to do websites, I knew how to get cash, and it was kind of like I, I was learning as I was going along. But at that stage, I thought I knew what I needed to know, but there was much more, obviously. <laughs> right. So I'm glad you started to kind of link to those two words that are in your background, leads and and clients. So it's clear yeah. that you started to learn some things based mm. on the failure that you went through at that time. So what would you say yeah. is the biggest thing that you learned and how did that help you begin to now uh, help others through what you do currently? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing that I learned is a, a lot of people want to go into a business because they have either a skill or they're just, they're infatuated. They're in love with doing something. It might be creating the product or the service or just helping people. Mm-hmm. But in order to make it a viable business, it has to generate leads or you have to have the ability to generate leads when you need them and for those yeah. leads to be able to turn into prospects and clients. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned out of it is my ability to generate leads because any business, you know, every business you can think of, they always want fresh new leads because your existing customers will t- take you so far. Unfortunately, at the time, my existing customers at the time before the business failed were the ones actually carrying the business, right? Yeah. And so you always have to look after your customers, but you need fresh new leads. And, and what I started to really dial into is how to generate leads and how to convert more people into customers and really just learn the principles and the art of what it meant to actually you know, increase the, the results of what I was doing. And so I think the biggest thing for me and what I learned and what I teach others now is how to generate leads and turn them into clients confidently. Um, uh, and we can dive into more of that if you want. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, so when you mm-hmm. talk about leads, when you talk about clients, I mean, I, I think a lot mm-hmm. of business owners, I think you've, you've alluded to this as well. A lot of business owners come into the game you know, they, they say, oh, I, I've got a passion for something or, yeah. um, oh, I want to sell T-shirts. Let me just get an Etsy shop or whatever and start doing that. Mm. Right. 
Um, what is the yeah. most ignored thing? What do you think is the most ignored thing that a lot of business owners uh, just don't pay attention to, especially in the early stages? What do you find yourself saying over and over again as you're a business coach to some of your 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 small business? Yeah. The, the most ignored thing is understanding your target audience, your niche, your niche, right? In the UK, we say niche. I know you guys in America say niche. But I say that with yeah. a level that you have to go deeper into. And it's a very, it, it's not like this deep level where you've got to have a PhD to understand. It's just a level where you, if you go deeper, that's how you stand apart from all your competitors and everybody else. And, right. and that level is simply, what are your audience going through, your, your niche from an emotional point of view with the problem they have? And what emotions are they going through with the desires that they have once they fix that problem? Mm-hmm. And that's the most overlooked thing that I come across in marketing because people are looking for something like magical, like this magic wand or this silver bullet to have this amazing campaign and they're just going to generate leads. And what they forget and what they miss <clears throat> is the source is actually their niche, their very target audience. But most people don't understand how to just go to that next level. And it's not, it's not a difficult thing, but it is a, a process that you have to have a structure around Right. So I guess the, the the hard question for some people, and maybe your 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 clients give you this question as well. Do I yeah. need to have just one niche or niche or target audience or um, can I work with a couple of different types of people? It depends on the size of your business. And oh, wow. OK. I, yeah. And, and so for me, what I what I find is that most people they start off with, I don't want a niche because I don't want to miss any opportunities. And right. so they kind of go, everybody. The trouble with that is most small businesses don't have that kind of budget, right? right. <laughs> they have this kind of budget and they have this amount gotcha. of time and because they're busy doing all the other roles in their business. And so for me, if, if you're a business that's playing under seven figures, a million dollars, you should focus on one niche because mm-hmm. you probably haven't maximized that niche with your efforts, with your budget, and with the potential that it has for you. And this is where most people go wrong. And a niche doesn't mean, oh, I have to stick to this specific category. Your niche means that you have to stick to the reasons why people are going to buy from you related to the problem that you help them fix. And this is where people kind of get mixed up. They're like, oh, I need to choose like a category and, you know, lawyers. And it, it might not be lawyers. It might be professionals who have a specific problem with a specific part of business or something to do with their life, depending on what type of business and service and products you offer those people. And I think this is where people kind of get mixed up. But, you know, there's a lot of great literature I've read as well, just probably like you, Robert. But one of the biggest things that or some of the biggest books that I've come across are people like Chet Holmes, you know, the ultimate sales machine. Like I learned a lot from these guys, you know, guys who had been there, uh, worked with the greats and um, also another great book that I come across in my time, which mentors recommend to me was Ready, Fire, Aim. And a lot of these books show you like factual results, like good to great as well, Jim Collins. And when you start to understand the potential in any niche, if you go deep, if you go all in on it, it's there, but most people are kind of like what I've been as well. We, we all have it to some degree, and it's the bright, shiny object syndrome. It's like, oh, there's another niche or there's another opportunity there. Maybe I can get multiple streams of income. And what they realize is that they haven't got one that they can rely on. Yeah, wow. and that's the challenge. Wow. So I so let me let me dig there a little bit further. Is it really <clears throat> just the bright, shiny object syndrome for people? Is it just that people are saying? 
oh my gosh, there's something new, multiple streams? Or is it the fear of missing out on something due to desperation or lack of funds or money or something? What, what do you find is the big reason, the biggest reason why people are fearful of choosing a specific niche? Uh, I think the, the the biggest reason probably comes back to fear. And mm -hmm. I think the easiest way to describe it as well from a, a human point of view is, especially in this day and age, like the the, the underlying thing is fear, Robert, for sure. Mm -hmm. But the, the thing that, that pulls people off of wherever their path is leading them is simply that we're distracted. We're a distracted society. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we allow distractions to be part of our life to the point where people are saying, oh, but that needs to be done or I need to do that. And they make it kind of like, oh, what's the latest Netflix series that I need to binge on? Right. Yeah. And like, I'm a person who enjoys downtime and entertainment time. I've got three kids, a wife, and you know, like I, I do different things. But what I'm getting to is that most people, when they go in business, they're not all in. Like you would only have to look to the likes of people like Colby Bryant, Michael Jordan, and say, what kind of intensity that these guys have with their career? And then look at a small business owner and say, can you give me that? Yeah, mm. and it's that's not easy to do, yeah? But if you can go all in and remove the distractions one by one, then you can get to the root of like, is this even the right direction for me? And you, you start losing things like fear because you're playing so hard, you don't have space or time for fear. And yeah. for me, that's, that's what I've, I've come to as a conclusion. The biggest way that I support my clients, which is like it, it blew my mind in the early days, but now as a, a visionary marketing coach, the biggest thing I get from my clients is they're like, Leon, we trust you because you care for us. Right. Yeah. And the biggest place that I care, Robert, is I help them to see their misbehaviors and their distractions. And I only yeah. do that because then they allow the marketing to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? So I I, I want to ask you a question that may be an yeah. indictment on some marketers at this point. I think there are two words yeah. that may be missing when marketers talk about what business owners should do. And when they say, yeah. you know, you need to choose a niche or you need to choose mm -hmm. one niche. The two words that may be missing is you need to choose a, a niche right now. <laughs> right or for yeah. now because yeah. and i think you alluded to depending on the size of your business you can you can open up a bit once you have established something and you've established some some uh some momentum or or yeah. consistency in in certain areas particularly the financial area of of things so why why is it that marketers usually don't say it's okay to have multiple um, when you have reached, they just say, no, don't, you need to do it this way for small business owners. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. And just so I understand you, when you say, why do market marketers say that you shouldn't have multiple niches? Is that right? Yeah. For small businesses. Yes. Okay, cool. That's, that's the, so, the, the majority of what, what I've heard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I say this because it, it really, it depends on your business model and it depends obviously on the kind of products and services you want to put out there because for every don't do that, there is somebody out there doing it successfully, right? Yeah, yeah. And that always like, but if you want a structure that you can follow where let's say you're not quite at the level where you want to be or you've been stuck there for some time, let's say you're at kind of like six figures and you want to go from a hundred to a quarter of a million, right? Mm -hmm. 
and beyond. Most of the time, when it comes to marketing, people have distraction in their niche, meaning they've got too many things going on. It's like, oh, I have a product for these people when they want that. Oh, actually, I'll give you a quick story. So I got one of my clients. She's like a business slash life coach, yeah? So she comes from this kind of energetical place, like where people have money blocks in order to allow them to grow. And so recently she messaged me. She was away for two months. Actually, she traveled back to New Jersey. She's, she's based in the UK, but she's from America. Um, and so she'd come back and she said, you know, I had two months off, I had the greatest summer ever, blah, 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 blah. But right now I've got a challenge with sales. Like I've got some clients in one program, some clients in another program, and they're not really the programs I want to sell. I want to sell this kind of combined program. I'm like, well, that's the thing that you've got to sell. But the trouble with that is, and the example I'm, sh I'm sharing with you is that it's different niches, right? So when you have different niches, you're going to provide different products, potentially, yeah? You may not, but potentially, right? Or you, there's going to be some differentiation based on the niche. And so you create now a business model where you've got to support multiple products instead of one, yeah? Or you've got to create multiple um, products for multiple niches. And as a business model, you don't have to put yourself through that level of complexity, even if at this stage you feel like, well, that's normal. You know, I provide my customers who may different types when you learn how to scale a business you start to build in simplicity so as a quick example imagine if i have one product now that can help business owners yeah market their business and i'm selling that for twenty thousand dollars for the year i only need five clients to do 100 i only need 10 to do 200 yeah i only need 15 to do 300 and right. like we're not talking like huge numbers like i need 100 clients right and this is the point that i often find that most people don't understand that actually they haven't dialed in their niche to even know that they can take their prices to even a higher level where they actually can yeah. deliver perhaps what they were going to deliver anyway, but their prices are now 10, 20, 50, 100 times more than what they were about to charge. And so for me, coming back to the point is, yes, you could have multiple niches and yes, you could have potentially a six multi six figure business, but at what price is it going to cost you in terms of profit, time that you have away from your family, time that you have away from the life you said you were going to have. And I think this is the challenge that most people don't realize that they're going into when actually, yeah. if they could pause and say, what's the life I want to create and how best could I simplify my business to support that life? I think people would look at it a bit different. Love it. Love it. Love it. Leon, man, we could go on and do, go deep on this conversation <laughs> forever and ever and ever here. Right. But I want you to wrap us by telling us a little bit i know there's a program there's something that you offer as a matter of fact mm -hmm. if people when we we're going to bring that up on the screen right below you soon but talk to us about where people can find you and how you help them online yeah so the best place to find me is probably facebook and linkedin um i'm on all the main social media channels but you know facebook is where i'm at most of the time and the kind of things that I do, I, I help coaches, live coaches, consultants, and online business owners leverage online marketing. And I show them how to generate 10K per month plus so that they can take their business to a new place using a very simple model without the overwhelm of marketing strategy, without the challenge of slow lead flow and the ability to close high ticket sales off the back of that. That's the kind of thing that I do. The program, the, the starter program that I have for people who are on that that target that journey of doing 10 to 15k a month consistently is called vortex accelerator and if you're interested simply contact me on facebook or linkedin just ask for more details we won't pitch you we'll just send you details and you can make a decision on your own 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, for those of you that are watching this episode, you can also go to rk3tv.live forward slash elevate, E-L-E-V, the number eight, and you can be taken to Leon's information and his program as well. So we are so glad that you were here today, my friend. Thanks so much. Hang out in the green room for just a few moments and we're going to wrap Thank this you. show up. All right. Well, listen, I just want to share with you that this was not just a fantastic episode, but it was a fantastic story. If you are someone who has a challenge, enter your space. If you are someone who maybe has started a business and you've encountered failure in that business, know that that failure does not define you. Know that that failure doesn't mean that you're at the end of the road, but decide what are the lessons that you need to learn from that. Decide how you are going to implement the lessons that you've learned and what will be your road going forward. As we said at the end of every episode, everything that happens to you in life is not your final. It's just your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story. Yeah, your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy III, RK3. I'll see you on the next episode of the What's My Story podcast. Peace.